In my opinion, the best way to build a list right now are podcasts. That's a rule that Dan Kennedy says that you need to have properly prepared prospects. And, and when you start asking what do they need to believe in order to buy, that's when things really open up. Email is one of those medias that will not go away. It doesn't have the rules change all the time. You basically control it. In my opinion, sending people content for the sake of content is not nurture. That like anyone can do that, right? All right, today we're talking about email marketing with AI with my man, Jules Dan. Jules, what's up? Mark, thank you so much for having me on the show, man. I'm super pumped because email is one of those medias that will not go away. It doesn't have the rules change all the time. You basically control it. If someone kicks off the platform, you can go to someone else. And with the power of AI, you can go a lot faster than what like two years ago. And I know you're really obsessed with AI, so I'm keen to, keen to get stuck into it, man. AI has completely changed the game and in, not only AI, but email as well. You know, for a long time, I really thought that like, oh, it's so annoying getting these emails from people. I didn't want this. It's not relevant to me. Unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. But now I'm realizing that like email moves mountains. It's, it's kind of shocking, really. So even when I get emails that I find to be like maybe a little bit spammy, I'm still like, oh, OK, this person gets it. Because if your business is not using email, then you're 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 missing out on a, a, just a massive opportunity. The flip side Mm -hmm. of that is, you know, I know personally in my podcast agency where we launch and produce shows, it's AI saves so much money. I I mean, in certain parts of my business, it's it's lowered my cost up to 80%. It's unreal. Yeah, it's cool. It's unbelievable. So Jules, tell me, how am I going to make more money with email marketing using AI? Let's start from the top. Okay, cool. So in essence... We've got to think back, like, what's our objective? And that once you do that, then everything's going to be a lot clearer. And a lot of people think that it's like, let's get more people on the list. But the ultimate goal of email is to make money. But not just to make money, it's like, it's to create long-term profits. And the way to do that, this is the most painful lesson I've ever discovered, Mark, was when I was celebrating at the dinner table a million-dollar Facebook ad funnel. I thought it was king of the world. And then my uncle shut me down, was like, well, why aren't you that rich? And I was like, oh my God, holy crap, he's got a point. And then I look back to some of my clients who were doing really well, who we just kicked out of the park and all of them had a solid relationship with the list. That's the key with email. It's the relationship. So you can yeah, keep sending out- start? Like it's hard yeah. to start a big list, you know? I That's mean, what I mean. I've got like a thousand people. So tell me, how do I actually get people that are interested in me on my list? I'm not, I'm not Ryan Reynolds. I mean, I look like him. But I'm not him, at least not yet. So how do yeah. I develop a great list? So this is what I'm saying. Like it's all about the relationship in the list. And you got to get started with who, who is the most important, who needs to be on your list so that they actually read and they want to like they trust you. They're already ready to take the next steps. And in my opinion, the best way to build a list right now are podcasts. And I'm sure you could be agree with that. Podcasts best the best way to like piggyback off someone's authority and credibility. They get to talk about you. There's distribution. It's evergreen. And the thing that used to take me 10 to 15 hours without AI uh, was that I would have to either get uh, a virtual assistant. I would go listen to the podcast. I'll go find the podcast. I would then find a personal note, make it relevant to me, put into a loom, personalize the email, send it out, follow up. That would take 10 to 15 hours per 10 shows. Now, with what I've discovered with using Bard and ChatGPT, you can ta- you can save about 10, 15 hours from getting at those pitches. So like I said, step one of building a profitable list is getting the who onto the list. 
in my opinion, getting onto podcast using AI is just a no brainer. Yeah, no, and I, I I don't disagree with that. Um, but that's really hard work. I want the lazy work. I want to get it easy. So I'll give you an example. I'm building out some what I think are pretty sick an- automations mm-hmm. uh, in in my CRM. And I'm at a point now where I'm considering buying an email list or even better yet, using AI to go to my entire LinkedIn friends list and scraping all their emails, putting them to a list, starting to send them emails based on the stuff they're clicking and engaging with. I can segment them down further. Mm-hmm. Thus, over the course of time, you're basically getting a big speed boost up front by getting a ton of email in my list, but then using AI using automation, using segmentation to develop out more nurtured lists that are getting the content that they want. Does that make sense? Or is that a bad idea? Well, it really depends like what, what's your objective. So that to me sounds like lead generation rather than it does like nurturing relationship for the long term. Um, so th- th- there's two different types of lists. And I, so sorry to cut you short. I wouldn't personally buy a list just because it's, it takes way longer to build that trust. And even though, like you said, we want the shortcut, it kind of is the shortcut by going the hard route by building the relationship first and getting onto podcasts uh, so that they are ready to hand you money straight away. Whereas, you know, the people who are on a cold list takes a while. I've seen the difference between people who've been on YouTube and they got a loyal following. People buy just by giving them a link. Whereas other people who have built cold lists on pay traffic, it takes way, way longer. So yeah, if you want to test automated. both. I just set up all the sequences and it's all automated. Isn't that like a no-brainer? Because it's like instead of just having two oh, hands in one brain, I've got 50 hands just working at all times. Even I hear you, man. I hear you, man. I've been on both sides of the spectrum. It's like at the start, it's sexy. It's nice. Money's coming in. And what happens is that what we found is that these prospects at the start, because they don't know you, don't like you, don't trust you, they kick up a fuss in the program. There's, I, I kid you not, I remember one of my clients, he brings up his email and it's like chargeback, uh, like bounce payment. Like all these annoying, like people just not paying. And I asked my mentor, like, why does this happen? Like, it's because they're not properly prepared prospects. And that's the, that's the rule that Dan Kennedy says that like, you need to have properly prepared prospects. And there, there's two, there's no wrong way to do it. Right. But that's the drawback of doing this. Like, let's just automate it. Let's not build a relationship. Um, but you know, you can make a lot of money doing your method. Like I said, there's no wrong way to do it. Well, I want to make money, but. No, I agree. I think that's an interesting conversation. All right, cool. So let's assume that I've started to build out a list. I have some people on my list. Mm-hmm. What do I do next? Okay, so we talk about who, then we talk about what. Okay, so like, what are we going to write about? That's super important. Okay, so if you were going to write an email, Mark, and you wanted to attract a prospect, what do you think we should talk about? Well, it depends on what I'm trying to sell. Okay, cool. Okay, so let's, let's, let's use you, for example. Okay, so we want to use your podcast uh, agency, right? Yeah, let's use that's a great example. I want to yeah. I want to launch more podcasts for business owners that have marketing budgets and want to show up online. Sure, sure. Okay. So, let me ask you Mark, what do they need to believe in order to buy? Well, they need to believe I that I can get them a result. I'd say that's important. Yep. Yep. So, okay, so they need to believe that you can get a result with podcasting or you specifically? Well, I think it's both. Exactly. So, when you think about it there's like 10, 20 different versions of like, I don't believe you. I don't believe the product actually works. I don't believe myself. And when you start asking what do they need to believe in order to buy, that's when things really open up because that is your content strategy. It's not asking ChatGPT, 
give me the content strategy, it's understanding how to think like a marketer and reverse engineering so you can go way, way quicker. So to figure out what do they need to believe in order to buy, this is what I do. I think about, give me the top 10 daily frustrations that, insert your target audience, Mark, experiences on a daily basis. And it's going to give me top 10. I'm like, okay, can you give me the number one? Boom. Okay. And the number one thing for most business owners is time. They just don't have the time to do shit. So, Which, okay. by the way, I just want to interject here. This yeah. is one of the things I found ChatGPT and AI incredibly helpful at. You know, if if I want to know what are the top, like generating lists, it's unbelievable. I can ask ChatGPT, write me a list of 20 problems that a business owner has that a podcast could solve. Mm-hmm. It'll, give me, it'll give me 20, it'll give me 100, and I can just pick out the best ones. Exactly, man. If you could pick out the best ones because you know your market really well, then yeah. So we've, so you've just mentioned that time is a big one. Um, so what do they need to believe in order to, to buy? They need to believe that they don't have to spend longer than 30 minutes creating a wildly successful podcast. Okay. They need to, be, so that's one version of time. They need to believe that, uh, their time is going to be well worth their ROI as well. So that's another version of story. So when I said before, so we've got the who, now we've got the what. It's like, what do they need to believe in order to buy? And we can reverse engineer this by figuring out what the daily frustrations are and walking through like, if I was in their shoes, what would I need to believe in order to do business? It makes sense. So, and I'm assuming once we've kind of identified these pain points, what they need to see in order to smash the buy now button and put in their credit card information and go through that, we're, we're, we're probably going to need to put together a sequence of emails to mm-hmm. help nurture that person and segment them out. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am, I, am I wrong here? Am I right? Am I spot on? I think I am. <laughs> you are right. Yes. So, uh, so how do we I, build I, out that email sequence? I think like one of the things that I do, again, just coming back to AI is I can, yeah. after it's been properly primed and I've explained, this is what I do. This is who my audience is. These are the problems that they have. Build me out an email sequence that nurtures them from not knowing me or having a vague understanding of me to actually clicking that buy button. Exactly. So this is the part where I was really surprised with AI's strategic thinking. And people don't necessarily, in my opinion, sending people content for the sake of content is not nurture. That Like anyone can do that, right? So what you could be doing is how do I position myself as a trusted advisor? So I asked ChatGPT how to do this. And the way you position yourself as a trusted advisor isn't by saying what everyone else is saying. It's like, right. it's, it's the frame of reference. It's like, here's some strategies that I talked about on a webinar on someone else's webinar or, or on someone's podcast, or here's my unique framework on solving X problem. Or I've got some other ones here as well, like uh, navigating the shifting industry trends going on right now from my perspective. And so if you can bundle in, what do they need to believe in order to buy? So like that's, a, that's the objection stuff. And you can use ChatGPT to do that. Then you can ask yourself like, uh, I wrote, now what you pretend you're selling an online course on like uh, helping financial advisors fill in the blank, what would be 10 good email angles to use that would position you as a trusted advisor? And it gave me 10 like that. So now I've got the objections. That's like 10 emails there. Now I've got the trusted advisor, the stuff that can't, people can't really copy. Now we just need to figure out how do I write this really quickly? Would you like to know how we do that? Yeah, we definitely do that. I, you know, before we get into that, though, I do have a question. Sure. Because one of the things that I found incredibly valuable is 
giving people links to, or forms or PDFs and then tagging them when they do click on these links, which allows mm-hmm. me to retarget them with content that's relevant for them. Perfect example, if I'm releasing a podcast that covers AI, for example, and someone clicks on that, boom, they get tagged as someone that's interested in AI. That way I can continue to send them content that's related to that. So when you're, when we're talking about that nurturing sequence, mm-hmm. are you peppering in like PDFs, links to resources, lead magnets, things like that in order to properly segment them and retarget them? So everything should be strategic, right? And I won't get so super specific, like on this email, I have to tag this because then I just want to make my email marketing really, really simple. It's like, I've got two segments. I've got the buyers and the non-buyers. And when they first come in, I've got a tag where they've came from. And if I really want to know, like you said, like if specific in this content, then I'll do that. Um, but that's just my philosophy. Like I want to keep things super simple. Fair. And, and I know, I mean, I guess it depends on the business that you're growing and the topics that you cover. Um, but like if you're a roofer trying to sell re-roofs, everything, you know, you don't need to get too complicated. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. If you're a roofer doing roofing, all you need is the people who've bought, who are like, so these are my returning customers and I got leads and I talk to these people differently. You might want to segment out by like zip code or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If something happens in, I don't know, Coral Springs, you could say, oh, did you see what happened in Coral Springs? The mayor just passed this. There's an opportunity. You know, so anyway, that's something I think about because like like we said, Mm -hmm. when we first started out talking about the who, the better Mm -hmm. we understand our lead or our prospect, the better we're going to be able to nurture them. Because that's the problem that people have with email. It's not because they're getting emails. It's because they're getting emails that aren't relevant. Yeah, the crap. This is the thing that pisses me off about commercials in the United States. Like, stop showing me pharmaceutical products about like Limpreza or something or Dipreza or whatever. Like, I don't care. It sucks. Send me something that actually matters. So anyway, that's, Mm -hmm. I think, a big part of the power of email marketing is being able to identify what people care about and giving that to them. Yeah, exactly. And we do that in step one. What are their top 10 daily frustrations? Yeah. Not, not. What are their aspirations? Like, where are they at right now? If you can do that, you're way ahead of everyone else. Yeah. But I, and I, I also do agree that if you overcomplicate your funnel with like way too many tags, then they become pointless. So I, I kind of get your point. So mm-hmm. let's talk about what to actually put in those emails. What are we writing down? Also, we, we, we wrote that before. So we got the objections. Then we wrote the, the like, how do we position ourselves as a trusted advisor? And that's thinking about content that can't be copied. So like being on others' podcasts, your take on industry trends, that sort of thing. Uh, now we want to talk about like how we actually write it, right? Let's so how, how do we actually do this? There's typically three principles and this inside my four-hour GPT cash campaign. This is how I helped. So I used to review a client's client's Facebook ads. I don't know if that makes sense. So like they had a coaching program and they had a bunch of clients and I was reviewing those ads. That's how, just a bit of context. I was sick of polishing turds and I'm like, I need a way to get, B grade copy on the first draft because I can't keep starting from scratch. And so basically I created a system which helps people go, which would normally take me a week to write in about four hours. And it's just like simple prompts to figure out like the style, the type of content they want to write, and then boom, that can give me something like that. So let's walk through that quickly. There's three principles we got to, we got to follow. Uh, the first one is that we got to clone the voice. And the way I like to do this is to just like find a voice that you that you like. So surely you've got an email like in your inbox, Mark. Are there people that you enjoy reading or like a, st- a tonality that you enjoy? 
Not really. I generally just listen to podcasts and watch YouTube videos. <laughs> okay. So, but okay. So you like listen to podcasts. Is there someone notable in your podcast that you listen to that you think you would enjoy the way they write? Uh, we'll say Pat Flynn. I like Pat. Okay, cool. Well, assuming that Pat Flynn has got like meticulous, the way he talks, like you could just wipe his, um, the transcript of his podcast, which is available. And then you'd be like, analyze, you tell ChatGPT, analyze the style, analyze this uh, text for the style and tonality. Uh, and, and tell me exactly how this person writes. Boom, get the transcript in there and you're going to teach it. I'm like, this is how Pat writes. Uh, do you understand? Like, yes. So you've given ChatGPT a frame of reference. This is how Pat writes. And if I give another example, like this is how Pat writes uh, a promotional email. Okay, great. This is how Pat writes a podcast promotional email. This is how Pat writes. You see what I'm saying? And then you yeah. just Well, writing. I love this too because it actually makes it easier to outsource this this service of email writing. Cause now people can, uh, you can hire a VA or an expert in email copywriting and they can actually copy your voice and tonality very easily and quickly. I like that idea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's getting more sophisticated with like the, the saved parameters you can do inside chapter T, which I have not get full, have not gotten fully deep into, but I know that's a game changer because the second principle is steering the AI back on course. And that's, I kept running into so many problems, Mark, where it's like, it was just like prompt didn't work, prompt didn't work, prompt didn't work. And then when you just say what happened to writing like, and then you say Pat, because we've trained it like Pat, it just magically remembers. Um, mm, but yeah, maybe round two, when I dig deeper into the the rule part, which is a new feature on ChatGPT, we can come back to talk about that. But uh, if you're not really sure, just say what happened to writing like, and then the person. What happened to writing funny, witty, amusingly like this person? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. The AI kind of like steers off course and then you simply say, hey, let's keep writing, but let's write it in that tone of voice. But super great. Mm -hmm. Love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Uh, and the third part is uh, finding quality data that's proven to convert. So I mentioned before, it's probably a good idea if you say, um, this is how Pat writes a podcast promotional email. This is how Pat, uh, Pat writes a launch series and you feed him that. What I found is that if you just give it everything, then it sort of just like mushes everything together and doesn't know how to tell the difference. So I like to think about it as like a filing cabinet. So it knows specifically what type of email you want to write. Is it promotional? Is it story-based? Is it value? Whatever. But just get clear with the type of data you're feeding it. And inside of the four-hour ChatGPT uh, cash campaign, I've got, uh, if you're interested in writing promotional emails, I've got a whole section where I've got a swipe file of, the best email marketers in the world I've built up for three years and I picked my favorite and I took their best emails and I put it into a section. And that's basically how you train ChatGPT to write quality. It's giving ChatGPT quality data that's proven to convert. And I've got different voices from like, if you want more polite, I've got like Amy Porterfield. If you want more uh, talking to the guys, I've got people like Dan Henry there. So it's a bit of everyone, but um. I yeah, want Donald so, Trump. I want Donald Trump to be well, selling me stuff because he's the biggest, he's the greatest. Does, he's he have the most an amazing does he have an email list? Does, does Donald Trump have an email list? I'm not on his list. Does he have a list I'm where he either, writes? I'm I'm not, but I'm sure it's I'm sure he does. I mean, he's got it. How else are you gonna sell swag? I'd be interested what his tonality is like in those emails. Uh, I, <laughs> I think I knocked it out. He's the biggest, he's the greatest. I'm amazing. Yes. Uh, all right, cool. You know, the other thing that I think is important, uh, so there's two things I want to cover before we let you go. Listen, y'all, mm -hmm. if you're enjoying this, smash the like button right now. But a couple more things I want to uh, cover here real quick. A, 
getting people to actually open the email is really important mm -hmm. and using chat GPT to think up hooks and different types of ways to well, open up is, yeah. uh, you know, to get people to open really important. And then tracking what are people opening on the back end really important. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want to talk about the sales because again, what's the point of having an email list? I'm not actually getting people to click book the sale and buy it. When is the right time? to actually put in that call to action so I can actually make some money, Jules. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be really annoying saying it really depends. Uh, but the thing that works that I found the best is that when I've walked into a list and <laughs> it doesn't really work and we start pitching every now and then and people get offended, it's because the pre-frame is all wrong. So if you let people know from the get-go that they'll be getting daily promotional emails and they have to check a box and you give them a way out and you purposely use language that says, if you're here for just like free tips and not taking action, like, and you're not okay with me wanting to help you with the solution, please unsubscribe, like do me a favor. But if you're da, 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 like stick around, I know this is going to be really helpful. So it's just all about how you position at the beginning when they first opt in and that double confirmation email and then you can be as promotional as you like. And I've been on both. I've been on both ends of the, ends of the spectrum. I've worked with a YouTuber, and he's like, "I do not want to sell." And the only way we were allowed to sell based on his brief was if people raise their hand. And so we want to learn more, and we went down a funnel, was super delayed, but we maintained the goodwill of his YouTube. Whereas about other people, are like, no, 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 I just want like as many calls as much as possible. I don't want to talk to anyone else. Let's engineer it that way. And yeah, we did what I just told you about with a very specific about pre-framing. Super interesting, Jules. I know we just touched the uh, tip of the iceberg here, but listen, y'all, you can get the free mini course. Jules has a free course. It's short. It's not going to take up a lot of your time, uh, but it will help you get results. You can go to julesdan.com slash GPT gift. That's julesdan.com slash GPT gift. I can tell you right now, I've, I've become a huge believer in email. Stop waiting. You are leaving thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars on the table if you're not leveraging email to get people to open links. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's, I, I used to think who actually clicks on these? You know what? A lot of people, probably so if you're watching people. this, you've clicked on my emails too. It's just, it's unbelievable. Thank you, by the way, for clicking on the emails and hitting the subscribe button. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Like email's a game changer. Um, Man, if you, like, would you would you like to? Are, are you interested? Like, how I can help your audience a bit more? Like, what, what? How should we? How should we wrap this up, man? Uh, consider it wrapped. But guess what I'm gonna do? If sure. you're listening now, I'm gonna put a link below so you connect with Jules and get a, a custom idea on how you can optimize your email list. Cool, Jules. Thanks for helping us with email marketing with ChatGPT, brother. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you, Mark.